Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. No, that's a lie. She's on assignment. Oh, look at you, patterns. Allergic assignment. Sniffles. Yeah, yeah, she's got the sniffles, and uh, I don't want to deal with that. So, I don't blame you. Yep. But we got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. I'm surprised you want to deal with this. Well, I mean, you know, it's like it's either that or it's just me and Joey D's over there. And one does not simply deal with BJ Shea. <laughs> nope. <laughs> On today's show, we will talk board games. Woo! Joe and I both watched a movie, not at the same time. No. But we both did watch Artemis Fowl. Yeah. What? Yeah. And then we'll get to that more. More. And if you want to get a hold of us, you can do so. Just go to bjgeeknation.com. That's where you can find our podcasts. You can find uh, the ways to contact us via social media. Or just get to our email, which is bjgeeknation at gmail.com. Now, before we start talking about the board games and giving you a, a, a chance to review a couple of the ones that you've played. All right. I found this on Reddit. There is a uh, a board game subreddit, literally just called Board Games. Oh. So you go there, and there was this interesting uh, title, and it got a lot of upvotes. So I'm like, I, I think I think this is going to be fun. Uh, it says the game is only good because you played it with Steve. And I was like, well, that's an interesting title name. Let's read more. Yeah, what does that mean? Steve. Well. It says, my favorite member, and this came from a poster user named Timothy D. Real. And he said, my favorite member of our board game group is Steve. That's not his real name for reasons, but we will call him Steve. Steve can change your mind on any game. And every game, no matter how beige or how deep in the Mediterranean or how luck-based or how dungeon-crawly or how on the rails it is, you're going to love that game. He loves games. He loves mechanisms. He loves bits. And he loves people. We play through three-fourths of a game of Food Chain Magnet, all grumbles and headaches, and pretty sure that although we found the game interesting, we didn't find it fun. And then Steve showed up, and we reset. Steve got the rules run down, shouted at him, and we were off. He was so excited to get a manager. Her name was Phyllis. Then it, there was this delivery boy, Frederico, who was having issues with his girlfriend. He made the game into a play, a movie, a story, and then the game made sense in a way that we hadn't grasped up to that point. The reasons for the mechanism started to click, and new avenues opened up for us because now we could understand the story of the game. At this point, you might be getting a slightly incorrect image of Steve. He is a big, happy, golden retriever of a man with a lot of energy, but he's not the big, dumb golden retriever of a man. On that playthrough, we watched him create a film and also lay down some amazing plays and combos and eventually squeak out a victory. He just gets it in a way few can. I mean, we all get it. That's why we're friends. We're all a little bit like Steve. We crack jokes. We make up stories. We ferociously compete. And we love games. But when we play without Steve, it's clear. When we play some games, we know that we don't like them. It's not for us. We don't like it. It wasn't enjoyable, etc. We know why we don't like it, and most importantly, that we don't like it. But with Steve, when you play a game with Steve, every game is fun. Every game is great. He knows what makes the game you're playing great, and he knows how to make you see it. So thank you, Steve. Wow. 
Good yeah. old Steve, huh? So, right? You get those super positive people in your life and with a board game. And there's been plenty of board games that we've played where uh, either I learned it wrong or anything along those lines. I'm like, I'm never playing that game again. But if you have a Steve in your group, maybe you have someone who can help you appreciate those games. Well, it's, it really depends on what you're trying to do when you're going into a game. And uh, we've got a good board game group around here. And there's, I mm-hmm. think we have a lot of Steves in our board game group. And for me... You know, my best friend, uh, Josh, who's, of course, part of the Omega Gamers and the Board Game Alliance, he told me a long time ago, he says, I don't play these games to win. I play these games because I, I, I either like them or don't like them, you know, depending upon the world they set up. And, you know, and there's a lot of games out there that, you know, may or may not be as good as other games. It's amazing if a guy named, like, if a guy is, can make every game good. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Um, and... But Josh teaching me that lesson has had me realize I don't care if I win this game. Let me just see if I can have some fun with the people I'm playing with, see if I can find a little bit of an engine that the game may offer me. Mm -hmm. And even if I completely fail, uh, at least it's like, well, I did something right with the game, but probably not the rightest thing I could have done. (laughs) Um, I think that's important to people around you. Like like when Sean and I play games together because we're such nemesi, that's that's fun for people because Sean will just attack me. It's like, I'm coming at you. The win for me is if you don't win. And then I go, all right, well, my new win condition is, is I beat you. So <laughs> even if you say I didn't win the game, I can still go, I still beat you. And, um, and, that, and that usually is a lot of fun for people to watch. I have a friend, Lacey, and she and I, honestly, she wasn't raised in Boston, but she might as well have been. Because oh, really? The, the colorful language that we could use, and I like getting her mad. We're not even playing the same <laughs> game, and I'll just yell across the table <laughs> while she's playing a game she's playing, and then we'll just go at it. But, you know, a really a lot of fun I think that's what makes a game is the game will set up a world for you to interact with people and have a good time. And mm-hmm. um, I like telling stories when people invade my planets. Like, do you understand that you you bombing my planet? We just built a museum. We've got a bunch of new things happening. A new movie's coming out next week. You just can't come get but a I planet just, like this. But I just moved this meeple over here. What are you talking about? Yeah, because <laughs> that does make it a little bit more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Because then there are players that are math players, and it's like, we're just here so that you have something to play against. You might as well just play it solo. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, I, the, those are the reverse Steves. Uh, or people that just want to win at any cost to the point where, I'm going to take 20 minutes to take my turn so it can be the most optimal. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that's great, but then this game is normally a, you know, this game is supposed to be a 90-minute to an hour game, and now it's taking us four hours because you just can't, take a turn that might make a mistake. Yeah. I mean, let's have fun. you learn from it next time, and then, hey, you know, you don't have to win every game. Yeah. Um, so the reverse Steves, I think, reverse are uh, also as you know, an interesting thing to look at when you're gaming. But I like Steve. Yeah, everyone likes Steve. <laughs> so try to be more like Steve. I don't know. You do. Yeah. You do. You out be there. like Steve. Have some fun. Play your games. And I know BJ, you've been playing a bunch of games. Yeah. Well, because of COVID, you know, we've been able to just basically go. All right. Well, we're in our house, and I got all these games, and it turns out it's a nice distraction. And so, uh, you know, Joey Dees has been coming over and playing some games. Uh, and when we did play, which I'll talk about right now, and then I'll talk about a new game that I played recently when we got back, but uh, uh, Western Legends. We've talked about it before, but Joey D's had never played before. Mm-hmm. And this is that colossal game that was, uh, I forget exactly when it was released, but it's not too old, actually, and I'm looking for the date. I don't know why I can't see it on my board, but I can't. But anyway, the, uh, the game... Uh, put up by Colossal Games. It is a sandbox game that you can play between three and five players. Uh, and it uh, it is the Old West. 
And you saw us play this, Rev. Uh, we played it during uh, one of our Extra Life things. That's that, right. Yeah. And it came out this year in January. I mean, what was that the was it the uh the expansion you're looking at or uh, did it or is it only just a year old really just yeah January? well that's according to the old uh internet that from amazon be. so it just says western legends are released january 15th of 2020 really yeah that's but a, that doesn't make any sense because yeah you guys unless you got like a special kickstarter we extra version. Li- yeah we did maybe we did okay we, okay we then got then, the uh, kickstarter version okay because yeah because uh, i remember making you sing oh my darling clementine on uh extra life so yeah it's uh <laughs> oh my god i forgot about that i was yeah. there live for that <laughs> <laughs> that was the game we were playing, yeah. Western Legends. And if you don't know, uh, Clementine, that song has like 800 uh, verses. Yeah, we couldn't do all of Rev texted me while I was there, and he goes, is BJ singing? And I'm like, why? What, you know, yeah, yeah. How do you know? And he goes, because I'm the one who did it. Yes. <laughs> uh, it says, it's so yeah, so from two to, you can play two to six players, though, really. F- you know, three or, be, or more is better. Uh, and uh, it's though they do have a two-player setup, and I think it involves the man in black, uh, which gives you a, gives you a third player. Wait, it's turning uh, into Westworld. It's yeah, so yeah, it's like uh, Western World Legends. <laughs> uh, but this is you've heard the term sandbox, and that basically means that it's a game that you can get so many. There's so many different ways you can get victories. Uh, we talked about it with a game called Zaya, which is a sandbox 4x game. You, mm-hmm. There's so many different ways you can get victories that it really makes it a fun game every time. Like, how, what, what do I want to be? Do I want to be this? Do I want to be that? Do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? And with all the asymmetrical characters and all of the ways you can get points in the game, will I be a cattle rustler or a cattle wrangler? Will I be a lawman? <laughs> will I be an outlaw? Uh, you know, will I be a gold miner and just you know see if I can make my you know? Will I be a gambler? Will I just go and spend my time you know watching a burlesque show and and you know? <laughs> I mean, there's, you can there's, do that? yeah, I mean, and, and there's so many different ways you can do this game. Like, you know, if, if you are going to be a certain character, you need a particular type of mount. So the horse, it has to be a particular type of either a horse or a mule or that a workhorse. Um, you need weapons. And what kind of weapon are you going to get depending upon the kind of, you know, way you're going to play the game? You may not care about a weapon at all. Uh, so the game gives you so many different ways for you to play around and score victory points. It's not a point salad. More so, it is it is really the sandbox of like there are cool ways to get so points. many different ways you cool can do engines. stuff and have some fun with that. And also, I, I I looked on Board Game Geek and it looks like it probably came out in like 2018. Yeah. So yeah, that seems to make more sense because it's been a while since I made you guys sing, and I was like, yeah, that really wasn't this year. Yeah, and I I don't know why I'm <laughs> what I'm looking at that I can't see a date, but I just can't see it. Oh, there it is, right there, right next to, next to the name 2018. <laughs> sometimes sometimes I'm a problem child. Uh, yes. Uh, so I, I would like to get Joey D's impression because we have talked about the game before, but Joey yeah. had never played before, and um, and it wasn't the greatest game for him as far as how successful he was. He came in last. Oh, uh, sorry, Joe. Usually, uh, yeah. <laughs> usually when you come in last place in a game, you kind of go, eh, well, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. And Joey D's, well, what was your reaction? I really liked the game. Oh, nice. Yeah, I thought that it was really well designed, very flavorful. All the mechanics made sense. It's not overly complicated. Uh, the board movement is fun. What you do in the game is fun, and it require it lets you play with a deck of cards that have alternate resources on them. So oh, it's like okay. not just you know an ace, a deuce, a three. They're also you know two different resources, which is awesome. And I love card games, uh, but <laughs> I did not do well. But I knew I wasn't going to do well after the first turn. Whoa! Let me, let me tell you why. Uh oh. 
BJ and uh, the other person we were playing with both rolled the good side, and then I decided, well, since I'm neutral right now, I should go to the bad side, the yeah, dark side. Bad guys, bad guys. Yeah, because I'm like, this is great. I'll be on because there's two different tracks, a good track and a bad track, and you get incentivized, and you can only be on one. Mm-hmm. You're incentivized to be on one or the other. But I always forget Uh-oh. when you're playing a game where BJ can hunt you down. As a bad guy, he's going to hunt you down <laughs> as a bad guy. <laughs> and I, oh, uh, someone's a wanted man. And I was a lawman. Oh, yeah, there mean, you go. I, I mean, that my character was <laughs> I would get victory points and special bonus points for hunting people down. See, and now and now, if if one of you were the Steve in the group, like BJ, if you're doing that, it's like, well, sorry, son, I've got to hunt you down. You've done some bad oh, things. And this is a game where you <laughs> the accent's got to come fly out yeah! when you're playing this game. Totally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I got killed. He oh. got killed and arrested and- so what happens if you like if you get quote unquote killed in the game? There is no kill in the game. Ah, you, okay. You, you, the, what happens is is you get arrested or you lose the duel or mm. you get robbed. Okay. Um, I got sent to jail. Yeah, he got sent to jail. <laughs> I lost all my resources, all my monies. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. There are NPC characters called bandits that you can engage with, uh, and these okay. will all give you points and then and legendary points, uh, but they'll also give you either martial points or wanted points. And if you're a wanted man, it's a much <laughs> riskier way to go but you get more points early on if you go with the way of the law well you get rewarded at the end of the game um <laughs> slipping right into yeah. that yeah <laughs> and uh it's really very very well done now with this game can you be a uh, train engineer or a conductor well in the expansion which i just got so Ooh. i don't have a lot of information there's even a train mini oh you, you can rob the train sold yeah, you can. Like, okay, uh, yeah. like if yeah. I can rob the train or have any sort of part of oh, yeah. the, the the train gang right there, I'm yeah. in. I'm in. And there's cattle <laughs> ranches where you can legally bring them to the train station to to wrangle them, or you can rustle them yeah, by basically, rustling. you know. Yeah. Uh, so there's so many ways to play this West. game. Yeah, you know, that's why you would love this game. It's so Wild Westy. They have a ton of asymmetrical characters. I mean, really, this got to be close to fifty. I feel like, well, you know, it may, may, uh, maybe I'm exaggerating. There might be close to 30 asymmetrical characters you can play from, you know, real historic figures. Calamity Jane and, and, cool. and Wyatt Earp and all these, all these figures, some of them I never even heard of. And, uh, you know, Native Americans, people of color, like all these different people from history that some you may know, some you may not. And they all have great asymmetrical abilities, great starting points on the board. The expansion that came out added so much more to the game. Um, you could you can play poker. You can play an old school game Ooh, called Pharaoh, which really? I don't know a lot about it, but I guess it was an old school West game. Okay, um, I don't know anything about that one. I know about Liar's Dice, but yeah. that's about it. And the uh, and the board looks really good, like this old weathered map, you know, old school yeah. style. You can and mine for gold. Oh, you can mine for gold. Prospecting. Yeah, I mean, there's so <laughs> many items you can buy and get. You can buy yourself a ten gallon hat if you want to. You can buy yourself. Some Whiskey. I think you need to come in with a ten-gallon hat already with yeah. this game. It's uh, and everybody <laughs> starts with different things. Some people start with a better gun. Some people start with a better horse. Some people won't start with anything. Like Joe did not start with either being uh, a lawman or an outlaw. He got to make the choice. And in that game, he probably shouldn't have been an outlaw because his his character just didn't really give him enough to make that worthwhile. Though he might have just done it because nobody else was going to be an outlaw anyway. But yeah, was, I know. lost. Went to jail. And then lost the duel. I tried to duel afterwards as yeah. well. <laughs> I didn't do too good in the whole fighting. Yeah. yeah See, yeah. usually with me, that means I'm done with the game. That's what happened with me with the Firefly game, which we realized we were playing wrong. But it's like, build up, build up, build up, go fight, lose. I'm done. 
Yeah, yeah I'm you, done forever. In this game, there's no killing, but when you get wounded, that your hand size goes down. Oh. So that's where you're impeded All in the right. game, because having more cards in your hand gives you a much better chance to get better cards to duel with and fight with or to gamble with, because uh, you play Texas Hold'em, and of course, you know, you want to have aces and kings if you can have them in totally. your hand. yeah. Um, and so getting wounded really can do a number on you. Plus, they're worth negative victory points at the end of the game if you have any wounds on you. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, it's a good game. And, and there's different, uh, you, can, you can play a short version, medium version, or a long version of the game. So oh. they have it scaled for that reason. That's good, too. I mean, any sort of, like, especially with a sandbox game, because you can just get lo- lost in the sauce, really. Yeah. And it's like, I'm just going to go over here and do my own little thing for a while. And then suddenly it's like four hours later, and you're like, oh, yeah, we're still playing the game. Components are good. You got lots of good minis. And uh, Colossal did a great job with this game. And, uh, yeah, it's out right now, Colossal Games, Western Legends, and they're postponing the latest and last of their expansions. Uh, maybe later this summer or maybe the fall, they're going to do finally the last of the trilogy. It would be you know, the, the base game and then the two expansions. Uh, it's good. I nice. mean, it's really good. What else have you been playing? Well, there's a game that Josh introduced me to that is an older game from uh, 2016, actually. And it's not a game that I think I would be, like, crazy about because uh, it's based on the Italian Renaissance and Lorenzo oh. el Magnifico, Lorenzo the Magnificent, Magnifico. which oh. it's history. And I'm like, wait, where's the spaceship? Oh, no, history uh, board game. Where's the, you know... It's a Euro game. It is definitely made by folks that are that that are that are Italian designers that surely know their own history. And Lorenzo was a big deal back in the day. But I'm like, all right, Josh. Usually you don't like these kind of games either. But all right, if you say we should play it, and yeah, boy, why are you liking it? I don't know how this slipped past us. Really, Lorenzo El Magnifico is such a good game because you're basically taking the role of a noble family in a city, and you're trying to gain more prestige and fame by making the city better, doing all sorts of cool things. You have family members, and uh, you have one family member that basically is kind of a you know a narr- like he does, he's he's just never going to be anything. You always have to get him help uh, in order to. <laughs> To achieve anything in the game. And then you have other family members, depending on the day, they could be really helpful to you or eh, maybe not so helpful, uh, which I love that mechanic. Basically, you roll dice and then each die will give your three family members, uh, you know, much more influence of the day. So sometimes they'll come in and they'll have your, your die will be at a six and you go, all right, so that, my, that family member is going to go in there and be able to go anywhere they want and do whatever they want. And that's what's cool about the game is the higher your die roll is, the more flexibility you have to accomplish things in the game. You draft the, you basically go and pay for these cards or get these cards, and you can make engines happen with these cards. There's four different rows of cards that will do so many different things. The theme is cool because you're hiring people, you're building machines, you're building cities, uh, you're doing great bonus victory point things if you can get that going for yourself. Uh, it's real. It's got worker placement. It's got card drafting, dice rolling, variable player powers, worker placement with dice workers, and it really is like, whoa, this game's pretty good. And I will tell you, our buddy Byron, who's really, uh, yeah, I don't like the board game with Byron because he wins every game. Um, <laughs> he saw what we were doing well. He was doing badly. Like, he was so far behind us halfway through the game. And he kept saying, what are you guys doing? How are you getting all these resources? How are you doing all that? And we made the mistake of telling him. And then just <laughs> the mistake of uh, then telling we him. made the mistake of telling him. And then out of the blue, he was just like, next, he wins the game. I thought I had this. I thought I had this game. I made one major error 
But even if I didn't make that error, Byron still would have won anyway. Oh, okay. I just would have been a close. I would have been closer to him. Um, but it's good. It's got good mechanics, good replayability, and I ordered the expansion because it offers even more asymmetry to the game, as well as a fifth column of of stuff that you can do. Oh wow! Um, it's good. It looks good. I love the components because you got some good looking wood pieces. Good it definitely stone. looks like a Euro game. Like just looking at the pictures on Board Game Geek, like it reminds me of like Kalis or any of those other yeah. games. So yeah, I mean, if you're down for uh, for that Euro feel, and but I'm, it's a good Euro yeah. game. It's not like super crunchy. You know, you really can That's figure helpful. out, and it's not luck based. That's the other thing. This game really is. You can find your way to victory. There's not the even when you roll the dice, everybody's workers have the same assignments. So it's not like my mm. workers are going to be better than yours. Like for instance, there's a there's you know there's a worker that has a black dot, a worker that has a white dot, and a worker that has an orange dot. And so there's a black, white, orange dot uh, mm-hmm. die. Yeah. Well, we all have workers that have those dots. So when I roll the die, and if my orange is six, all of our orange workers are going to be sixes. Ah, so and then the and then the huh. then pretty much the the useless worker is a zero, always a zero, and he always needs help. He always needs some assistance, and you can get assistance in the game. You know, in order to help, of, yeah, you, you know those guys, yeah, the, the people yeah. on the group project that don't do anything, yeah, they don't do a thing. So you got to get people. <laughs> um, so it's not luck based. It's really like the cards come out the way they come out, and that might be the only luck there is. Is like what cards available, and but the trouble is, is that. It's no trouble. It's like, okay, you go, gosh, that card came out in the number six slot, and I don't have any sixes. But then again, neither does anyone else. Unless, of course, they prepared well and got a bunch of assistance to augment the value of their worker. But then you can plan for that yourself, too. So it's, it's, it's so much better of a game because it's not as crunchy as a Euro game but still has great strategy. It's called Lorenzo Il Magnifico. And uh, who has it? Who does this game? It is uh, Cranio Creations. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. You, and, of course, we got it at our local friendly, our friendly local game store. Zulu's had it. That's where we found it. Perfect. Yeah, and it's good. I love it. Now, Joe. Hello. I don't know how you feel about this next movie that we both watched. Um, Artemis Fowl was a book series, I think like eight books. Uh, my wife had read the first book, so she was really excited for this movie. And if you don't know, the description on the old Disney Plus, because it's on Disney Plus. Yeah, I keep seeing the adverts at like the big banner for this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, uh, it came out actually on June 12th, which was about 12 days ago or so. It was a little bit ago. Um, Disney's Artemis Fowl is based on the book's... Uh, uh, by Eon Colfer is a fantastical spellbinding adventure that follows the journey of a 12-year-old genius Artemis Fowl, a descendant of a long line of criminal masterminds as he desperately tries to save his father who has been kidnapped. In order to pay his ransom, Artemis must infiltrate an ancient underground civilization, the amazingly advanced world of fairies, and bring the kidnapper the Oh, what was it? The Aculos? The Aculos. The Aculos. A advan- uh, the fairy's most powerful and coveted magic device. Uh, and uh, it's it's definitely a movie that when the 12-year-old is the lead character, you know it's going to be for kids. Uh, it reminded me a lot of Harry Potter. Sure, sure. And I hadn't read Harry Potter, so I was kind of confused a couple of times as well. Yeah. But to be perfectly honest... I was I was okay with watching this movie. Yeah, I would say it's like a kid version of Sherlock Holmes meets James Bond. Good call. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, and so it was it was neat to be able to see what's going on in, in this sort of uh, it, it, an Irish based Harry Potter James Bond um, because it deals with all of the 
the the the the mythical creatures from Ireland. Yeah, it's like a fantasy show in like the real world, where mm-hmm. like all of a sudden you find out that fairies actually live in the center of the earth. Yeah, and it was kind of fun to see that as well because when they go down there, like the graphics and just the CG and just the sets and the costumes and everything are just amazing. Yeah, they really do a good job of immersing you in the world. I mean. I won't. It's obviously not going to be like the most insane story you've ever heard because it's you know designed for kids. It's on Disney Plus, and this was a, a book series for I think young adults. Yeah, yeah, it's a young correctly. adult book series. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, I real I enjoyed it. I watched it. My roommate loved the books, and I like watching movies based on books because they generally have a little bit better structure to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they have a lot of material to work with with eight books. But yeah, I mean, it was fun, and I was sucked in like right from the first minute because the narrator of the whole story is Josh Gad as yeah. a giant dwarf. Yeah. So so. A giant dwarf. And it's a running gag with the whole thing because he is an actual dwarf. And the things that they, the dwarves do in this, first off, um, terrifying yet super hilarious because they're they're miners, like you would imagine, like in a D&D sense and all of that. But in order for them to dig, they chew through the dirt and then, well, I mean... They poop it out. It has to go out the other end. Yeah, it goes right out the other end. But oh. seeing the grass, yeah, like exactly. And you're like, oh, they're not going to show that. They show it. And then just watching him like open up his mouth to do that is just the way they did it was really great. And I don't know when I started really liking Josh Gad, but I mean, my God, the dude's great. Yeah, he was really good in this. And it's he he serves as the narrator and another character in it. So he's got to put together, uh, Artemis Fowl has to put together a whole group of uh, ne'er-do-wells to go ahead and steal this back from the people who had it. And I love it because when he's talking about the story, he refers to himself and he's always the best character. And he's like, and then I come in, the best character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was fun. It's worth watching. It was going to get a wide release, but due to uh, the fact that you can't go watch movies right now, uh, it's right out on Disney+. Plus. Oh. I think most people right now actually have a subscription, whether or not you've got the year from like Verizon or like me, I just paid for the year because I knew I was going to like it. So this was supposed to be in the movie theaters. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. and you guys are digging it. Yeah, I really did enjoy it. Now, here's the thing. Critics are kind of poo-pooing on it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's getting kind of low on the Rotten Tomatoes, but uh, I, I would say, I mean... It's for kids. Understand that it's one of those. I liked another movie that's kind of along the same lines as this, but it was steampunk, which was Mortal Engines. Oh, yeah. And it's about, you know, teenagers going on adventures, like young teens, young adults. And so, and that one was also based off of a book. These are those kind of movies. So if you're into those, if you're into the Harry Potter or even the uh, the House with the Clock in Its Walls with Jack Black, ended up watching that one in the theater, another young adult book turned into a movie that I thought was great. Yeah, it's not like Hunger Games. Hunger Games is like the more mature version of these kind of movies. Yeah. It's much more like uh, Rev was saying, like uh, Clock in the Walls. Like you're you're going to go in. The storyline is going to make very very easy sense. You know, you're not going to have to worry about it too much because it's supposed to be like bam, 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 bam. They're jumping from point to point in the book. And it's kind of like, here's the young character. Here's how he develops. Here's the young character. Here's how he faces adversity. Here's the next character. And, you know, it's supposed to be easy for you to understand because it's just about the action. And the uh, first and the the lead character Artemis Fowl is played by a a young actor named Ferdia Shaw, and he this is his first role. 
So Whoa. he does a really good job, but also, I mean, understand that it's his first role. It's kind of watching like Daniel Radcliffe in the first Harry Potter. Well, Daniel was a lot younger than 12, too. Yeah. And yeah. I, in Ferdia is about that same age. So, yeah. like, it's, he was definitely older than Harry Potter was at that time. But give the kid, I mean, a little bit of a break there. He's a uh, young actor. Well, and, 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 and like you guys said, like, who is this for? You know, because yeah. a lot of, you know, and this is the fight I have with a lot of Star Wars fans because we all have different generations of Good Star point, Wars fans yeah. is that George has always said this is for little kids. And guess who plays Artemis Fowl's dad? Who's that? He's one of the few Irish actors you will recognize. Mm-hmm. Colin Farrell. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. And it's, okay. I mean, like the whole, yeah, and it's it's fun because... I, whenever Colin Farrell actually uses his normal accent, you're like, oh, yeah, he's super Irish. Forgot about that. Yeah, because he does other stuff in American accents or other accents. You're like, oh, no. Like, he got into this because I think just how much he loves the like the national pride sort of thing on that end. Like, yeah. I love having this being essentially a Harry Potter for uh, Ireland. Yeah, and I won't spoil anything, but the first question I had when I saw him on screen is, is Colin Farrell going to go to be, become the bad guy? Is he going to do it? He becomes the bad guy in every, in every movie I see him in. I'm worried because he's his dad. He plays the dad of Artemis Fowl. I'm like, I don't want Artemis Fowl to get traumatized. Oh, yeah, well. you're right. He, I mean, he ended up being the bad guy in the uh, Fantastic Beast movie. Yeah. I mean, even though he really oh. wasn't a bad guy because it turns out it was somebody else. But still, we, we know he was a bad guy. Just because you're yeah. a bad guy doesn't yeah. mean you are a bad guy. And don't forget, he's Bullseye from that great Daredevil movie. <laughs> he's okay. one of the very few good things about those he movies. He was a good guy in Minority Report. I mean, oh, I'll yeah. give him that. I mean, so you know, semi. Semi-good guy. <laughs> Gosh, but I got to say, man, Disney plus this movie, rocking it out with the CGI. Like, I'm, Dude, yes. So well, so is it worth for, worth seeing it for that? Yeah. Oh, heck oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. See, I can forgive a lot if the CGI, especially if I know it's run for, if it's made for a kid and yeah. It has great CGI. Hey, let's and you've do it. mentioned you've got the fancy new 4K TV. Maybe. Uh yeah, uh, it's great. I've got the 4K as well, and I've got one of them smart TVs. And it's great. Like it's beautiful, and just seeing the 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 fairy world at the center of the universe is, or the center of the Earth, not the universe. Um, but it was it was really cool to see how they did that. And just the graphics are wonderful. The way that they travel to the surface world is hilarious and just, like, it, it blew my mind. Bumpy? Yeah, a little <laughs> bumpy, exactly. Um, so I would say yes, absolutely watch it. It's a, it's PG. So oh, that's good because I yeah. don't like to offend myself. Well, there you go. Uh, and it's uh, it's worth watching with the kids. But to be perfectly honest, the wife and I watched it. We had a great time. Oh, it was, she watched it with the kids. Well, yeah, yeah she watched it with you. I'm a big kid. Be yeah. Carl and Frank. Yeah, exactly. Carl, oh, Frank, and my baby big, Yoda. Oh, yeah, the little kittens <laughs> and the baby. Well, figure. Yes. Until next time, guys. Stay nerdy.